Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Football Network podcast. I am taking over hosting duties from Barry. I think I think Barry's probably um, Father Christmas because you know, like he's kind of a uh, he's kind of definitely got the stomach for it. And you know, literally, I've seen him in his kind of red light coat. So um, so look, so so literally, I think he's kind of doing his travels. So hey, like you've got literally the second best person um, that like Barry could actually contact. So thank you again for everyone that's listening. And this podcast is literally all about uh, people in football, their, their uh, journeys, their ups and downs. And today's guest is ex-chair of Tottenham Mitchum, Caroline McRoyal. How, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. So um, do you think um, Barry's actually the real Santa Claus? I don't think he's going to thank you for mentioning his stomach size, but you know. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so, Caroline, um, could we just start off um, talking briefly about your journey into football? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I kind of started um, getting interested in football around the 1990 World Cup. So I was on holiday with a friend and um, she sort of started watching it and, and, and got me involved and really enjoyed it. And obviously, you know, England did pretty well. Um, I uh, I took a bit of a shine to Gary Lineker. So uh, it's, it's all his fault, really. Um, and then obviously I started supporting Tottenham and then we decided we were going to join a club um, when we got back off of holiday. Um, and I started playing, but it wasn't really until... I actually had my first competitive game that like I really got a bug for it sort of you know during the training it, it was okay but I wasn't really that into it but as soon as I started playing it was like wow I love this game <laughs> um <laughs> and in the end it was my friend that actually dropped out and uh, and I continued and um I started volunteering for the club because I just wanted to to do as much as I could um and then volunteered with the league and then volunteered with the county FA eventually and um yeah then i sort of started thinking actually this is what i want to do work wise and and sort of went on and got a degree in sports studies and social biology um and then worked for a leisure center until i could get into a, a football specific role wow amazing so literally uh so actually so what do you think of gary lineker as a presenter i think he's really good actually it's funny because people um <laughs> sort of still mention him at the moment I think he's got quite more distinguished as it as he's got older as, as he's gone on and he's always you know one of those role models in football because you know he was relatively um uh well behaved on the pitch you know he never got booked or anything else like that so you know he's um I always wanted to be a striker as well but unfortunately you know I wasn't that good and ended up in defense so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um so how did you become um, the chairwoman at Twitter Mitchell? Um, so I've sort of had this on-off relationship with Tootin and Mitcham actually because I used to live in Mitcham um, and I used to walk past their old ground at Sandy Lane on my way to secondary school um, but it wasn't really an, until I got into sort of knowing the people at the club until I was at the Surrey FA in the role of football development manager um, so part of that role was looking after uh, facility development for the county and Tootin were at that time looking to do a facility bid for their 3G pitches so obviously I worked with them quite closely on that application and making sure everything was in place so they could get that funding. Um, and then obviously being at Surrey FA and being the CEO and, and Tootin and Mitchum being a, being a Surrey club, you know, that relationship developed. When I left um, Surrey, um, Steve Adkins, the, the chair, 
and owner of the club got in touch just to ask what I was you know doing and obviously I was looking at setting up my own business then and, and just asked for some support so I kind of started working with them on a consultancy basis um, and then he pitched the the chair role which was a voluntary position um, mainly so he could take a bit of a back seat so he was still involved in the club as the owner um, and concentrate on his business so and I could do more of the the face to face stuff with the fans and and sort of linking it with with the business and the organisation. So that's kind of how it how it happened and and it was a really good role. Oh, amazing! And and like, what's the I say the communication and the connection like with Tottenham Mitchum and the fans when when you were you were there? I'd like to say it was really really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, uh, mainly, and I think that that's the the hardest part, isn't it? It's, it's making sure there is that that continuous communication, and the fans understand why the club is doing what they're doing, um, and that the fans' voices are heard. Is you know you can't always keep everybody happy, but um, I think if if you can keep that communication going, I think that's the that's the main main aspect, and that's one of the things I was trying to improve while I was there. And a lot of people said that they felt it had improved. Um, but it is it's so difficult at non-league because you're you know it's a lack of resources, a lack of people, um, you know, a, a lack of finances. Yeah. It does make it kind of difficult to keep on top of that, and that's one of the reasons why I felt when I moved to Eastbourne that I had to resign from that position because I couldn't do the job properly and be there enough um, to be able to keep on that engagement, and I didn't want to sort of just do the job um, sort of, I suppose, part, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I did it properly. So I felt it was the right time to stand down, but obviously I've still got a very good relationship with with Tootin and hopefully I'll, I'll be back now and again to watch a, watch a game or two. Yeah, amazing. And uh, again, I think um, because you were like, you were, you literally live and breathe football and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I can literally imagine, you know, every day of your kind of, let's say, like um your kind of waking life is just about clubs and players and and whatnot what do you do outside of football to to literally relax what are your hobbies <laughs> it's, it's quite funny because when um when i saw some of the questions that you were proposing this was the one that stumped me the most it's like well what else do I, am i interested <laughs> in <laughs> and and really it's it's kind of it's obviously the family spending time with my family and and kind of you know enjoying the outdoors and stuff and and you know one of the benefits of being down in Eastbourne is there's some lovely sights and 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 scenes to be you know you've got the South Downs lovely views you've got the beach uh, you know just just being outdoors um I used to used to do running but unfortunately I've got a dodgy hip so I can't do that um you know so so yeah it's just just um yeah join enjoying some some time out I suppose occasionally mm, amazing and uh you you kind of you kind of mentioned that you're kind of based in Eastbourne. Um, will you ever make Eastbourne into a super club? Oh, that's a that's a difficult question, <laughs> isn't it? And it's <laughs> very, very much out of my control. I think um, it's it's really easy from people, you know, kind of outside, I suppose, and, and not connected to the clubs to look at, you know, having three big clubs in an area and go, well, you know, they should just merge and, and become one one massive club. But it's um, you know that that doesn't take into account sort of the history, the need, the facilities in the area, um, politics. You know, there's there's always football politics, and you know clubs don't necessarily talk to each other. But you know there are other areas, um, for example in Surrey, you know that are smaller than Eastbourne, and have got two two clubs of the same size and a similar position. You know you've got Wharton Casuals and Wharton Hersham that are even sharing facilities at the moment. 
um, but both, you know, doing reasonably well in, in their own right. And, you know, obviously Walton and Hershen's had a bit of a renaissance, uh, um, you know, and, and re revitalization period recently. So it will be an interesting one. And I guess, you know, you would say that it would make sense for the clubs to work together, um, you know, to to benefit each other and, and to help each other be more sustainable. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, once I get to know the area more and get to know the clubs, whether that is something they, they would even consider, whether they do that already, um, you know, and what, what each of their long-term ambitions are. And um, how has kind of COVID affected non-league football in your opinion? Um, I think it's been a really difficult time, hasn't it? I mean, obviously, at, at two, when I was at Tooting, um, you know, unfortunately, I think I had three quarters of a season before before yeah. COVID hit. And then it was, you know, everything sort of stop, start, restart again. And I think it's the, the, the hardest part was obviously when you couldn't play at all. And then trying to play with um, no fans is, is difficult. Um, but when you saw when football reopened again and those fans could come back, that was a really nice, nice period to, to see that. Um, I think it's it's made clubs be a little bit more aware of their their fan base and their community and think about um, different forms of income and, and how they can be more financially sustainable. You know, if something like this happens again, you know, you, we've all got to be sensible. You know, it's ongoing at the moment. Um, and, and just think about, you know, what other opportunities there are. And, and that may lend itself to, you know, what we previously discussed around, you know, clubs coming together and, and working together to 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 make a better future. It's um, it is a difficult time for clubs. And I think it's that uncertainty, isn't it, about knowing, you know, where we are. But, you know, that's the same for all sports, all businesses, everybody really at the moment, yeah. isn't it? That's very true. Very true. Very true. And uh, what are your hopes, your visions that, you know, for like the future? And, and you know, let's kind of probably pull it, you know, medium term, you know, three to four years. <laughs> is that medium term? I'm not too sure. Oh, like, well, what I don't know. Medium it depends. Term is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for, for me personally, obviously, I, you know, I want to keep growing my business and um, and make a success of that. You know, I've, I set up in 2019, um, just before COVID. So I, I don't feel like I've had a proper year of, of, of being a, a consultant and, and sort of working with clubs. So I want to I want to continue to support um, grassroots clubs and help them develop. Um, I think for the game of football, you know, it's a really interesting time with the fan-led review coming out and looking at whether, you know, that will um, get put into regulation, whether the government, government will back it. Um, that could see some real big changes in football, obviously higher up the pyramid, but that will help with with financial sustainability. So I've, I've recently joined um, Fair Game as a strategy director. Again, it's a voluntary position, but it's it's around sort of campaigning for that independent regulation and making football fairer. And I think that will just help with the whole pyramid because it will make that opportunity to, to progress up the pyramid more achievable for clubs and 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 make sure that, you know, football is, is fairer for all. Oh, that's amazing. And and you've kind of mentioned a few times doing voluntary work. How important is it for like fans, for families to and like communities to actually get involved in their local club? 
I think it's it's really important. I think you know if if you love football, um, you know why not why not get involved? Why not have a have a say in in how it's organised? You know, there's always those groups of fans, isn't there, that that stand on the sidelines that moan about what's going on at their club. Well, you know, there's an opportunity for them to make a difference, to to volunteer and actually, you know, have their voices heard, and and make the game the game better. You know, and clubs are crying out for volunteers, and I think. Um, everybody kind of thinks oh you know I haven't got time to do this and that but you know some some positions can be short term you know clubs are being a bit more realistic about you know it may be that you just come and help on an event or you just come and help on on one match day in four you know just trying to make it a little bit more achievable for people to get involved and you know I, I always say I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't have sort of you know started out volunteering and, and building those networks as, as I came through so you know, even for younger people, it's it's a great opportunity to to get their foot in the door and, and get to know people and, and build those networks. Amazing, amazing. And um, what are your contact details if, like, you know, if like anyone out there wants to get in contact with you and she, what you know, want to know more? Yeah, definitely. So my website is um, www.carolinemcroyalconsulting, and my surname is spelled M C R O Y A double L. Um, and my email very simply is carolinemcroyal at gmail.com. Yeah, simple as, that. simple as that. Thank you so much, Caroline, for, for coming on to like, the podcast. And again, to all of the um, listeners out there, please like and, sub- and subscribe. And if you need any kind of more like details, honestly, just go and find the Ultimate Football Network on Twitter and someone on that platform will get back to you. Have a wonderful day.